everybody, and welcome back to a special edition of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Mark. Mark, how are you doing on this lovely pre-spring day? Hey there, Alan. I'm doing good, buddy. I guess maybe a more accurate term for how I'm doing this pre-spring day is maybe pre-happy. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm ready for some warm weather stat. You know, that that's how they talk at Ann Perkins Hospital. They say stat. Stat, stat. We need yeah. some warm weather now. <laughs> Yes. Yep. And some hot towels. Yes, please. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Forceps and all of it. Yeah. Well, Mark, since this is a special spotlight edition today, you know what that means. Do I? I can't wait. Live from Pawnee presents Pawnee Spotlight. Well, that's right. Today we have a very special Pawnee Spotlight featuring the very funny and entertaining John Balma. That is correct, Sir Allen of the Roundtable there. Yeah, we were lucky enough to have Mr. Balma. He actually he said I could I could call him John. Um, he didn't say a, that. As it no, he did. Uh, <laughs> as as our most recent guest on the show. It, actually, if memory serves, Alan, we played a portion of that interview uh last week on our coverage of season four episode 10 citizen note that's exactly right mark we uh, i think we played a few minutes of that interview but today uh we're going to let our viewers at home hear the interview in its entirety oh excellent you know i really enjoyed this one me too um we had a great conversation and we kicked it off by talking about his first three appearances as barney along with some other background on john and even a little bit about his experience on star trek if you recall <laughs> that's right yeah it was a really fun interview it's always amazed me how much of a fan favorite uh, the character of barney varm is and, and, and it really was interesting to get to know the man behind the character as it were yeah absolutely i agree and uh mark why don't we kick off this interview with this first part and then we'll come back and we'll set up part two which goes on to talk a little bit about some of his latter and uh, maybe even more iconic appearances as barney awesome that sounds like a plan alan let's do it all right constine go ahead and play part one Hey, John. Hey, John. Hello. How are you doing? I'm good. I had to turn up my volume. Hello. How are you? <laughs> good to see you. Doing good. You too. You're wearing a Cones of Dunshire t-shirt? Shut up. I've never seen that. I got this as a Christmas gift. That's great. Yes. Well, we have a terrific guest today. He has over 50 credits across a variety of memorable characters. You know him as the indefatigable accountant extraordinary, Barney Varm. Please welcome the very funny and talented John Balma. Hello. <laughs> welcome to the show, John. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. How are you? Doing good. We're doing good. good. Now, we're here in the Midwest. Are you, uh, are you on the West Coast? I'm in San Francisco. Okay. Uh, it's in the 70s today. I imagine it's not in the 70s where it you is are. not. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. We we just went through Snowmageddon this uh this last weekend. So I'm guessing you probably didn't get that. No, we didn't get that. We're sort of charmed here in San Francisco. The weather always seems to pass us by. I miss San Fran. It's on our, our bucket list for the next couple of years, kind of here post-pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, I started out here. I came here to go to college and then wound up in a theater company and had a theater company, a theater career for years before I went to Hollywood. And I just came back oh, wow. Um, wow. in 2019. Oh, wow. Well, John, today we're going to cover um, season four, the episode called Citizen Nope. 
And uh, I know that's not your first appearance as Barney. That's actually your third. But I think a lot of people oh, okay. don't remember those first two. They remember this when Ben finally meets you at the accounting firm. Well, thank you for telling me it was the third because that tells me exactly which one, what happened. Yes, I know exactly which one this is. <laughs> How did you come to the role in Parks and Rec? I auditioned for, you know, it's so funny. I have a vague memory that maybe I auditioned for another part before this one came along. Um, I, I'm not sure if that's true, but the casting director, Dorian Frankel, who I knew from an acting class actually, called me in. They needed uh, somebody with a monotone to do, you oh, remember yeah. episode one, it's just him. Being <laughs> oh, there yeah. yeah. And um, I'm sort of known for flat delivery. So I went in, I did my thing and I got the part and there was no hint that this would recur or, or build up to what it did. In fact, I think it was almost a year before um, Telethon came along the second episode. Yeah. And Telethon was exactly the same joke. And so when they called the third time, I was like, oh, it's going to be the same joke again. And then I saw I had my own office and I got very excited. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's great. So that's how it happened. Yeah. So it's, it's, wow. it sounds like initially you thought maybe it was just going to be a one and done. And then it just oh, turned yeah. out, holy heck, it, this character keeps coming back now. Uh, one and done. And then I thought two and done. And then I actually thought three and done. I didn't, you know, it, you have no clue, you know, and you're only given, uh, I think the most notice I was ever given was three weeks that I'd be back in the show. Wow. Yeah. Switch actually, if you watch, and I'm sure you've seen them all, you see how drastically my look changes over the arc of, of the seasons because I just couldn't remember what I had looked. I don't watch myself. So I couldn't remember how long my hair was or right, what facial hair I had and stuff. So he's all over. I think you made it real, very realistic. Yeah, there, that's good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I was uh, rewatching Citizen Nope today and uh, I noticed that the name of the accounting firm is Tilton and Randomsky. Randomsky, yeah. Which, yeah, which, you know, we know about Mike Schur and how much he loves to name things and pick terrific names. So, you know, Ramdomsky, Random, I'm thinking, uh, you know, maybe. he probably knows a Tilton. <laughs> maybe, maybe. You know, I didn't know I had a last name until <laughs> until I saw it on a nameplate in an office set. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's great. Yeah, and That's I was great. thrilled. That, what a strange name, Varm. Varm, <laughs> yeah. With an N. Uh, John, I, I had read that uh, you came from a, a law enforcement uh, family. Um, how did how yeah. did you get started in professional acting? Did you always kind of have the acting, acting I bug? I was very young. Yeah, my dad was the county sheriff where I came wow. from for years, for 36 years. So it was a long wow. career. And I, you know, I just really kind of right out of the gate was gravitating towards the arts and I knew when I was 11, I wanted to be an actor. I didn't tell my parents till I was 13 because I knew they wouldn't like it. And they weren't thrilled, you know, um, but nothing was going to stop me. I, you know, pursued it doggedly and, and got lucky, <laughs> as you do in this business. 
You know, John, you've uh, you've been in many shows that Mark and I both love, including Friends, Malcolm in the Middle, Grey's Anatomy, The West Wing, oh, yeah. our other favorite uh, political drama, you know, other than Parks and Rec, of course, um, Superstore and Star Trek Enterprise. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know as Barney, you know, on Parks and Rec, you, you obviously got to the point where you could speak accounting. And I think Mark asked you a question about that. But how, how well versed would you say you are in speaking Trekkie? Oh, no. Uh- <laughs> Have you heard the story about that? I heard a little, but I wanted to hear it from you. You want to hear it? Okay. Yeah, that's a joke. Um, I am not a Trekkie. I never was. And in fact, I didn't like Star Trek uh, for the longest time. You know, I know I'm going to lose fans over that, but (laughs) I just never watched it. My mother and brother loved it. They watched the originals, you know, in the 60s and 70s and... Um, and I never paid attention to it, but I got this audition to play Maroc, a Vulcan. And I, I didn't know a thing about Star Trek and I didn't quite understand the story and the script. I happened though, to be living with a Trekkie at the time. So we did an all nighter history of Star Trek history of the Balkans. He explained everything to me. And I went in the next morning and I still didn't quite know what I was doing. I practically had to memorize, you know, learn it by <laughs> phonetically or something, you know, just to get the words out. And I got the part. And and then I, um, I had three days on the set and they were very long days because you you go in the makeup chair at 5 a.m. Wow. And it takes two and a half, three hours to get all that on. Yeah. And uh, and I, you know, I did the best I could. <laughs> <laughs> I was very nervous throughout that. And it showed, it showed. I should I tell you the, the story of um they, they called me back after the shooting. They called me back about three weeks later and asked me to come in and dub some of my lines. Very common stuff, yeah. usually because of a sound mix-up or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they called me in and the director of the session, he's very, very diplomatic. And he's like, okay, we're gonna show you the scene and then we're gonna have you repeat the lines and match you know, your lips exactly on there. And I was like, yeah, I know how to do this. I can do that. And he says, uh, so he, he says, now in this first one, the director thinks you could be more forceful. And so I said, okay, well, let's play it. And he plays it. And I'll just tell you, uh, gayest Vulcan in the galaxy. <laughs> was pra- I was so nervous. I was practically lisping. It was hilarious. And uh, I started laughing and I said, look, I think I know what you want. So let's just roll them and we'll, we'll dub them all. And we did. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's funny. It was, yeah, it was amusing. <laughs> that's great. I don't think I'd heard that part of the story, but I, I thank you for sharing it. That's no. terrific. So, yes, yes. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> John, as a kind of an aside, I have a bet going with Alan that you might be able to, oh, to uh, answer. Uh, now, he just asked you if you knew Trekkie speak. Do you actually know anything about QuickBooks? Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Alan, I owe you $20. Really 
I've never used QuickBooks. I'm telling you, you know, anything that's on a computer. No, I'm 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 not as bad as I say I am, but <laughs> yeah. I have not used QuickBooks. I have used what's the one you use to file your taxes? Turbo? TurboTax. <laughs> TurboTax, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, I I'm not a numbers guy. The whole accounting thing, it's it's a charade. <laughs> <laughs> well, you had us fooled, so nice job. I bet Ben Schwartz knows more about accounting than I do. <laughs> Although he said he didn't as you walked him out of the interview there. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Yeah. Welcome, Mr. Saperstein. <laughs> Thank you so much. I will just show you to your cubicle. I can't. I bet it's a big one, huh, Barney? <laughs> uh, the uh, temp agency said that you are fluent with QuickBooks Pro, correct? All oh, right. Yeah, we should cover that. You see, my resume might not actually be accurate, right? So I have no idea what you're talking about. Don't know what QuickBooks are. You don't have any accounting experience? No, 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 Barney. Come on. But you don't have to be an accountant to know that this girl is a ten. Yo, what up, DS? You come here often? To my job. Ooh, she had a mouth on her also. Shut it. Is this the new temp who's supposed to help me with the spreadsheets? I'm gonna talk about spreading the sheets. We can go back to my place and I will rock your... You're fired! That makes sense. So I just go out the same way I came in? All right, Mark. Well, that was part one of our interview. And of course, the, the great kicker from uh, episode 10 of season four, Citizen Note. Oh, I, I love it. I love it. As you know, as much as I liked Barney in the episodes where he first appeared, which I believe were Leslie's house yeah. and Telethon. Yeah. I feel like it was really Citizen Nope, the episode we just covered last week, where he really started to shine. What do you think? Oh, sure. I mean, even if you watch that episode, it has its own progression of of, of kind of introducing the real Barney. At first, he, he chuckles at one of Ben's little quips, but not like anything major. But then right. as, as they get more comfortable with each other, we start to see Barney and hear his great laugh and his response to Ben. And, you know, the, the love <laughs> affair between Barney and Ben begins, I think, at that point. So, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. And, and that clip, I think, was a great illustration of the beginning of, of that, you know, new relationship. Right. Well, and, and after that, Mark, as well, he had a ton of other appearances uh, for the remainder of the run. And as you said, you know, we're only kind of getting started here. Um, what stands out to you? Do you have a favorite from some of his latter appearances? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's pretty tough to top uh, Cones of Dunshire. Uh, should we maybe play a clip from that just for fun? I, I think that'd be great because not only does that extend the relationship, uh, but, you know, you get the great introduction of Cones of Dunshire during uh, Ben's depression. And uh, and then when he when Ben does go back, we get to meet Frank as well, if you remember, who's not oh, a big yeah. fan of Ben's. Yeah. Yeah. Good call. Yeah. Good contrast there. So uh, let's play a clip from that and then we'll come right back. All right. Ben Wyatt reporting for duty. How you doing, Barney? Good to see you again. I just can't believe it's finally happening. <laughs> Ted, he's here. He really came. Hello, Ben. I'm Frank. I took the job when you passed it up last time. Heard a lot about you. Oh, well, all good things, I hope. A little too good. Let's see if you live up to the hype. <laughs> I'm not joking. Oh. Frank seems cool. Wow. You guys sure take the startup paperwork seriously around here. Sorry to start you out like this and on a Friday, no less. But it's our toughest case. Three competing family trusts, a contested will. It's a real puzzler. <laughs> so, let's see what you got. Genius. If I'm murdered tonight, start the investigation with those two guys. 
Saturday at the firm with Ben. <laughs> okay, clients A, B, and F, they would have to agree, but if they went for it, we could arbitrate. He's right. We never thought of that. Oh, oh, Ben, Ben, say it again. But this time, I'm gonna turn the light on like you just had an idea. Sure, sure, yeah, I'm with you. What if we dissolve the trust? Yes! You just cracked the case! I'm just doing my job. <laughs> Coffee in the morning. Oh, oh my God! <laughs> I hope you don't mind. We decided to throw you a pizza party to say congrats for cracking the case. Oh my God, you guys! Let's see what we got here. Wait a second, that's not pizza. Those are calzones. <laughs> I love calzones. We know. I think it's safe to say I made the right choice. What's up, guys? Oh, Mark, I love that clip too. That was, um, that's such a great episode. And I'm looking forward to the point when we can review that one. Oh man, absolutely. That is a, that is one of the great ones for sure. Yeah. Constantine did a good job of picking out some of the clips we played today for sure. He did. I agree. He is earning his almost non-existent pay today. <laughs> well, for sure. <laughs> well, Mark, that's a great segue into part two of our interview. And I think we should just jump right into it. Absolutely. We should terribly sorry. I said that just now, but still, uh, yeah, let's hit it. Constantine. John, you know, of your eight appearances on Parks and Rec, you, do you have a favorite? I know that, you know, you said that at the beginning, they all kind of, they felt like the same joke a little bit, but as the part grew and as it over the episodes, is there one that stands out to you? Oh, Cones of Dunshire. <laughs> it, it was really, that was, re you know, they were all fun. I mean, this set, I got to tell you, it was the happiest set I'd been on in the 20 years I was in Hollywood. Um, the crew was really lovely and uh, always trying to have fun. And so that was great. Uh, Cones of Dunshire just stands out for me. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. Um, a really lovely director on that one. And, um, yeah. and a terrific writer, Dave King, who wrote that episode. Um, that was fun. There, there are a lot of great moments in that one. I know that um, if I remember, Ben, uh, when Ben comes in to see you guys, you've hired another, uh, another person there who, who's not as big a fan of Ben as you are, as I recall. And that created some interesting... Was that Frank? It was Frank. Frank yes, Frank. Yes. <laughs> oh, sad-faced Frank. He doesn't like anything. That's right. Yeah. yeah. I think Frank got the job when Ben turned it down the time before, maybe his third or fourth time. Maybe turned that's it down. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Frank was very funny. You know, Frank and I have the same agent um, and we didn't know each other. We found out when we got on set. So we had a little connection there. That's great. Yeah. I think at that point, uh, there's the, there's a couple of standout moments to me where I think, um, you know, Frank is kind of, you guys are standing outside a glass wall behind Ben as he does a little bit of a talking head and says something about, you know, and you're, you're very happy that he's there. Frank, not so much. And he says, if I get murdered tonight, you should start with those two guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. I remember that. So Frank has a great face for that. He does. Yeah. But I yeah, think uh, Ben won him over in the end once he solved whatever the problem was in, in the episode. Yeah. yeah. So. Yes, he cracked the code, that's right. as we that's said. Right. That's right. Yeah. And that, that whole Dunshire arc is great. You know, obviously, 
I think, and you, you had, there's another return. Uh, it's a different episode, but I think you, you come back. I think the last episode I'm in, I hand over the, uh, what is it? I've done something. Like legal. the trademark. The trademark. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, that's in a restaurant scene. Um, that's right. Handed in. At Tom's Bistro. Yeah, that's, I remember that episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wish they had really made the game, though. It would it would have made a fortune, you know? I think think it still would. I think it still would. We'd probably buy a copy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. John, I have to say, it's a it's a, a pleasure hearing you talk about how happy the, the set was. Uh, we've we've been fortunate enough to interview a, a few people related with Parks and Rec, and it seems like everyone seems to say generally the same thing that everybody is was just so nice and so friendly there and it's just it's so nice to hear that it's it always seems like it ruins the experience if you really like someone and then you learn that they're kind of a jerk you know yeah it does and you know that's part of of that's part of going to hollywood and having you know your little heart crushed when you meet famous people who aren't very nice but but yeah. this yeah, was terrific you know, um, this that I compared to uh, Third Rock from the Sun, which was another show I did long ago. Love that um, show. That was a wonderful set as well. Um, but uh, Parks and Rec, you know, it stands out for me. Um, I mean, everyone was having fun, but I, I particularly remember the sound guys were really funny guys and always goofing off and, and keeping, keeping the mood very buoyant. No, that's that's important. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think by the time you finished your run as Barney, you'd work with Adam Scott, Ben Schwartz, Nick Offerman and Chris Pratt. Yes, exactly. And then Aubrey Plaza at the end. Oh, that's right. Aubrey was in that last episode as well. A wine exchange or something like that. Right. That's right. Right. I think I think I worked. Well, I probably worked most with Adam. Yeah. But. For some reason, Chris, I think I actually did more episodes with Chris than anyone. He seemed to pop up a lot because he was he was in that very first one yeah. um, at the house, oh, that's at right. Leslie's yeah. house. That's yeah. true. Yeah. 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 Chris was really fun on set. He, yeah, I think it was during telethon, he brought his mother to the set. So I would, oh, oh he's a really good guy. That's great. You know? <laughs> Well, and I think that there's that crazy moment toward the end where I think you guys are, the guys are trying to convince you to hire April for this job that it's almost too late to apply for. And Andy almost attacks you in the parking lot dressed as April with fireworks. And blows up the cars. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I did an interview recently where they asked me about that and I had forgotten entirely. Um, I know there were fireworks when we were shooting but it sounds like there are a lot more in the finished product <laughs> than we were using because they were asking how dangerous it was. And I don't recall it being dangerous at all. I still haven't seen it. So uh, I don't know. Someday I'll, I'll watch. I've watched a couple of good parts yeah. and of my episodes. And it's the only show I've ever watched that I didn't regret. <laughs> I actually thought I was pretty funny. You were terrific. Um, most of you were terrible to watch yourself on screen. <laughs> It's just awful. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think most, uh, not all, I know a lot, there are people who love watching themselves, 
Um, but I think most people are very self-critical, so it's yeah. hard for us, you know. Plus, I get that. there's this weird thing. I wish I knew the science of this, but there's this weird thing I understand that when you look in the mirror and see yourself refracted, that's an image you believe is real. And it's altered. It's not exactly what other people are seeing, I, some science. So it can be jarring. <laughs> I remember reading something like that in Discovery Magazine or something. Yeah. 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 Very interesting. John, you know, we um, one thing we always ask is kind of, you know, what do you have in the queue? Are you working on anything right now that you want to share or where, where can people find you? Well, um, in point of fact, I left Hollywood in 2019. Um, I had intended to really leave it all behind, um, a difficult choice, but that's where I was headed. I got called up, uh, a couple of times in the, in the couple of years that have, well, of course COVID hit, nobody was working, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I did get lucky and, uh, uh, somebody found me and asked me to do a, um, a cartoon on uh, Netflix called Storybots. Hmm. And I did an episode of that and that was great fun. And and I played an accountant who explained budgeting <laughs> <laughs> to the kids. <laughs> and then I recently went down to understudy John Lithgow in the live presentation of different strokes uh, oh, wow. that Norman Lear presented, oh, wow. Norman Lear and Jimmy Kimmel did. Um, so that's been my two acting jobs in all these uh, all this time, um, but I'm not pursuing anything. You know, if something's offered, my agent will call me, um, but they're not sending me auditions. I I came up here and I had intended to teach when I got here. I had been teaching in a BFA program, uh, acting for freshmen down in LA, and loved it. And came up here and thought I'll just teach privately, I'll start my own little mm. class and then COVID hit. So that, that was out the window. Uh, and I wound up being a dog walker and now I have a dog walking business oh. and I couldn't be happier. <laughs> I mean, it's That's great. a blast, it's wonderful. That's How awesome. many dogs, I've seen this before. I mean, and I've seen, you know, kind of the crazy scene where someone's got like 12 dogs. Yeah. Like, is well, that realistic? In San Francisco, it's all very regulated. You have to uh, you have to be certified and licensed and wow. insured and bonded and jump through a lot of hoops, you know, before you, they let you out. Um, but you are restricted to six dogs on a federal beach and eight dogs in the parks. Wow! So I, I have two groups. I have a morning group that goes to the beach. And an afternoon group that goes to a park. And that's what I do. <laughs> I bet that's a great way to get exercise and just enjoy, especially a city like San Francisco. Yeah. Absolutely. I, you know, this this city is so beautiful. It's yeah. it's pretty great to do it here. I mean, you know, we have our weather, it gets what we call cold, and I'm sure it doesn't compare to what you guys call cold. But and and a lot of rain, and it it can be you know, daunting to be out with eight wet dogs in the rain, but <laughs> you know, it's a couple of hours. It's all right. You, you can, you can do it. Now, now, John, I assume that you're a dog lover, uh, obviously. I am now, you know, um, I, I was a cat person my whole life. And then I wound yeah. up with a dog 
um, quite by accident in, I got him in 2012. He was a little rescue. And uh, that was a huge learning curve because he came with a whole set of issues. Yeah. And I wasn't sure. I thought I'd made a terrible mistake at first, but he was so adorable. I, you know, I fell in love with him and he's still here <laughs> running around somewhere. And, uh, and that sort of led me into it. Now, what really led me into dog walking is that I moved back to San Francisco because my last roommate here 25 years ago said, knew I wanted to get out of LA and said, well, come live with me for a year and see how, how you like it. And, you know, as you know, it's very hard to move into San Francisco yeah. these days. It's one of the most expensive cities in the world now. So that was a godsend. And she happens to work at the SPCA. And when COVID hit and I couldn't teach, uh, she said, come up to the dog park with me and meet some of the walkers, because I think you'd be really good at this. And, you know, that's how it started. That's wow. how I wound up in this. Wow. That's great. And I, That's I, awesome. met, I met my partner, Dog Walker. Oh, so, yeah. That's terrific. Yeah. So uh, it's it's been, it was a good thing to come back to San Francisco. I'll it sounds that. like it. Yeah. Do you think post post COVID, if that is a thing we ever all get to enjoy, um, do you think can you see yourself going back into the teaching kind of like you originally intended? Or? I would love to. Yes. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were saying, why don't you teach on Zoom? And and the the kind of class I run yeah. uh, doesn't yeah. work on Zoom. Mm. Uh, it's very physical. So once I can, be in person, once I can have people safely in a room, I will start running character workshops for, you know, and and see where that goes. That's They're really fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> awesome. I, I'll be need to do them in LA too. They're, they're great fun. That would be fun. Yeah. Well, John, thanks for uh, agreeing to chat with us today. You know, it's been a real pleasure. Um, you know, we wish you all the best and we look forward to, you know, kind of seeing what you do next. Okay. Well, knock wood, something will come up soon. <laughs> we'll be on the lookout. Okay. Thank you, guys. All right. Thanks, all right. John. Take care. Thank you, John. We appreciate it. All right. Yep. Good Bye -bye. day. All right. Bye. everybody we're back well mark that was that was terrific uh you know i'm glad we kind of broke that up and talked about kind of the two phases of john's appearances as barney um but we had a great conversation with him he was a gracious guest and um, i really enjoyed talking to him i completely agree alan i'm i'm really happy that our our loyal viewers uh, got to hear this whole interview john balma was as you said very gracious he was fun to talk to. He had some great stories to tell. What's not to like? That That's very true. And I enjoyed kind of getting to know a little bit about his uh, personal life. And, uh, you know, he's just a, a real person and a real nice guy. Agreed. It's the best type to talk to. It is. And, we, and we've been pretty lucky. We've had a lot of great interviews. Oh, yeah. Everybody's been great to talk to in general. I completely agree. We've been we've been very blessed and very lucky yeah. in that regard. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And if our viewers at home haven't uh, heard some of those interviews, I'd encourage you to go out to the website or wherever you listen to podcasts and uh, download a few of those. There's some other great interviews out there. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, with that, we will say goodbye and we'll be back next week with another new episode. And until then, uh, see ya. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of The Creators. 
Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompani.com for more details or to contact us. Maybe someday we'll figure out the magic formula that gets you to work here. Well, formulas are my formula for moolah. <laughs> Ted, get in here. Ben's quitting again, but you gotta hear what he said. <laughs>